On today's Question of Faith, what's the latest on the Synod? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I am Mike Hayes. I am the commissioner of our Young Adult Softball League, as well as the director of Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Cleveland. Wow. I'm Father Damian <laughs> Ferentz, the vicar for evangelization. And I'm Maria Wankata with the Marriage and Family Ministry Office. And you're a pretty good second baseman as well. Yes, and I'm a player <laughs> of the Southside Sabres. There you go. How did you pick that name? Uh, Krista picked it, I think. Who's that? Okay. Uh, yeah, Krista uh, Alberta, who's the captain of that team. I think okay. she came up. I think she did like some work with somebody on it, but I, okay. I don't remember. Because Southside is traditionally Tremont, but it might be Southside of the Diocese, which is Akron. Correct. Right? Yeah, mostly from okay. St. Hillary. Fairlawn. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So the two teams from Akron. Actually. Summit the, County. The Ite Project and uh, them, who played each other this week, but we'll get to that later. We'll, all right, all right. We'll have a new feature in the, uh, this week's podcast. And speaking of new features, yes, uh, there's an upcoming synod of bishops that's going to take place not, you know, not too far away. It'll be in October. And, um, you know, it's kind of buzzing around. It's kind of like, well, what's what's different about the Synod? And, you know, let's face facts. This is kind of really different um, from what this, from what the Synods have looked like. The Synods, meaning the ones in Rome mm-hmm. that they're doing with bishops, is that now there will be other people included in this, including women, who will have a vote on the Synod. And one of the things I thought was really interesting is usually at a synod, they have like a working document that people have worked on for some time. And they bring that working document and people will kind of look at it and go through it and say, "Uh, I object to paragraph number 43 Mm -hmm. for this reason, this reason, this reason. And they do some amending, they do some talking, and then they kind of read, you know, they kind of look at this first draft and Mm -hmm. then they kind of come up with something new. And this one, there's no working document. There's just questions, hmm. and they're having, and even the place that they're doing the synod in is different. Like they used to have it in the in this great big auditorium where the bishops would all gather. Now they're gathering in a different space where they're going to have working tables. Where in in the Vatican itself? Correct. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. you know more. I have not kept up. It's Paul Six Hall. That's yeah. where. Yes, thank you. Um, the Holy Father has his Wednesday audiences. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I've not been to the Vatican, so mm-hmm. I don't know these things, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but yeah, so and they're going to explore, you know, some pretty hotbed kind of topics. You know, maybe women's ordination to the diaconate, and and so people are already. You know, jumping up and down, saying, "Oh, people are trying to change a church. People are trying mm-hmm. to change a church." So, yeah, well, let's let's it. rewind. Yeah. Let's go way back and go to the original call of our Holy Father for the church to be synodal. Yes, and that means to be walking with. And if you remember, he called each diocese to partake in in a synodal process, which is walking together. So. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because some people will say, well, see, the Pope wants the church to be all grassroots. Well, in fact, if he wasn't the Pope, we could never have a synod because he's (laughs) used his authority to call this. So it's one of these both and things where the church is both hierarchical and it is both uh, grassroots, both of those things at the same time. And the church at her best, those two things cooperate and work together. They're not mutually exclusive. And so in our diocese, we had... Many synod listening sessions at parishes, at institutions, um, with folks uh, in Catholic charities. And then after all that, we we actually put together a document, and then we got together at Cleveland Public Auditorium, prayed through that, listened uh, to each other. 
And we're currently in our diocese, we have 10 major themes that rose from that synod. We're reviewing them with the Bishop Senior Staff now, and eventually we'll be uh, posting those online at least. And in addition, if you remember, the Pope called that synod to happen very quickly. Yes. So we had to move. And I, some people think that was intentional so that uh, we just don't fall into, well, we have you know process and get bogged down. But then the USCCB called uh, the Eucharistic Revival. And so we had to get that going pretty quickly, too. And I know that because I'm the co-director both of the Synod and the Eucharistic Revival with Lynette. You've been busy. Yeah, so we've all been busy. It's yeah. a big team effort. But one of the things that we've tried to do is make sure that those two, those two movements are not mutually exclusive but come together. So if you look at our diocesan uh, Eucharistic Revival logo, the one with the chalice and the host, and it says, Gathered, Blessed, Broken, Shared. If you look closely on that chalice, there is the Synod image of the church walking together. Yes. It also has in Roman numerals 175 because our diocese is 175 years old, or at least was last year when we started this thing. And so even this year during the Eucharistic Revival, it's up online now, but we haven't uh, done it yet in terms of heavy promotion through communications, but we will toward the end of summer and early September. We're going to do synod listening sessions on the Eucharist. Yeah. So what has your experience of the Eucharist been? When have you been edified at Mass? What, um, how has the Eucharist transformed your life? How has it led you out in service of others? So we're going to be doing that. Um, so those two are a both and kind of thing in the church. So I think all that's important to keep in mind because when we're understanding what the Holy Father is trying to accomplish in Rome, that's the sort of thing that, that he wants to have happen too. Um, so I guess I wanted to I wanted to cover that ground too. Yeah. And I I do think it's a mistake to lead with it's a hot button issue, women's ordination, or this is on the table when the the real stress of synodality is a listening church getting together. It's not so much right. a hot button issue, it is the church being church yes. in a way that's listening, gathering, praying with. I think that's what the Holy Father's about. I think the media, uh, however you want to say media, whatever, sure. you, the, the clickbait is this hot button issue or that hot button issue. And that gets people all riled up and angry or all really happy or maybe mix of both. I don't know. But I think what he's trying to do is much deeper than what a lot of people want to um, understand him as doing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. I, I think like even that process that I participated in with the document we talked about last week we use the synod process to produce the document. Mm -hmm. You know, like we said, okay, in a Vatican document about social media, what should be in there and what shouldn't be in there? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. You know, what what should the Vatican be saying about communications? And we all had to prepare. So, you know, we, we first of all, we prayed about that question. Mm -hmm. And then we all had to prepare five minutes. Everybody, everybody who was involved in this had to prepare five minutes. And then we all presented that five minutes. And then there was some silence. And then everybody got to sort of talk about what they heard, not in a way that was like, hey, Father Damien, I think what you just said was stupid, or, mm -hmm. you know, or I think that this, you know, I, I don't think we should go that way. I think we should go this way. It was more like, well, here's where, here's where I was moved in what I heard, and I've heard that from a bunch of people today. And so maybe the Holy Spirit's asking us to move in this direction because we all feel this way. Hmm. And then there's more silence. And then we actually went back to the big room because we were all in language groups. And when we went back to the big room, everybody got one minute. 
the entire group. I mean, we, we were there for a while, mm-hmm. you know, but everybody got one minute just to respond to this. Was there anything like that was left unsaid that someone really thinks mm-hmm. that has come forth in their prayer today that they just didn't get to express? And so the same is true with these questions, that they're, they're, they don't have a working document for this synod that's coming up. They just have questions, mm-hmm. and they're going to explore those questions. They're going to pray, you know, pray with the question. Everybody gets five minutes to talk about what they think about the question, and then they're going to respond to each other. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some time again of silence, and then there'll be another yeah. minute for people to go. What I've read through it is like there's these these three themes, communion, mission, and participation Correct. will be the overarching themes. And then with that, in the spirit of listening to the Holy Spirit's guidance, so even though there's more participation, it's gathering in more of the faithful to to speak, have their voices heard from the full representation of the church. And from there, then it's presented to the Pope, and the Pope will decide what what he's going to do with it. But yeah. I think in all of this, like to remember it, even though maybe hot-button issues are are brought up, it's that it's the magisterium's role to safeguard the faith and the teaching, what's been handed on in the church. And if we're relying on the Holy Spirit to guide us, like, What's believed always everywhere and by all that that won't be in jeopardy. Yeah, the the interesting thing too is that like they're they're going to have this these sessions on this on the questions, then they're going to take the results of that. You know, so well here's where the spirit we we this, here's where we think the spirit is moving. Right. Mm-hmm. By the way, just because we think the spirit is moving here doesn't mean that the spirit's actually moving there. Right. 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 And so they're going to give these the results of this to experts in theology and canon law, which, in my opinion, is really the same thing because the canon law is our expression of our theology. And they're going to say, is there something in canon law that would forbid us from doing this? Like, if we wanted to do this, you know, whatever the results are, you know, is there something in canon law that forbids us to do this? And if there is, then that's the end of it. You know, <laughs> the recommendation will change to the Pope, probably. They would mm-hmm. say, well, okay, maybe the Spirit isn't moving there, but maybe there's something else in here that is moving us in a different direction that we could do, that canon law wouldn't forbid us from doing. So, like, let's take the women's being, women being ordained to the diaconate as a possibility, right? So, okay, so if they thought that and they went to canon law experts and they said, yeah, no, we don't, we don't have the power to ordain women. Right, we 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 can't do that for whatever reason. Like they'll they'll be the experts that'll explain all that, but they might come back and say, "Well, women deserve a better role in the church in diocesan offices, Maria, you know, <laughs> and um, or something else, you know, or in Vatican offices or something like that." Let's let's emphasize that a little bit more. That 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 could be a result of this listening in some way. In in some ways, the church communities that have been thriving and doing well tend to be synodal. And here's mm-hmm. what I mean by that. It's, it's similar to a family. You think of your own family, when the lines of communication are open, like you get together at a family meal and you're listening and talking and letting everybody get to know what's on people's minds, what's on people's hearts, when you're leading and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and following, things work really well. I think even in our secretariat, um, you know, there's 22 of us on our floor and we are at our absolute best when we pray together, when we uh-huh. listen to each other. And that is actually the church being synodal. And it's not to say that we abolish a hierarchy or that we do, there's no authority in the church and that you know the church becomes a democracy or anarchy or free-for-all. It's not that at all. It's that we are one body, many parts, 
But when we work together and listen to each other, that's when we move forward together, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and, and we don't have to transition yet, but yeah, I would say that I, it's very much, if we're going to talk about softball and sports today, you use that analogy, a team that communicates well on the floor, whether it's football, baseball, volleyball, whatever, lacrosse, when they're talking, when they're listening to each other, the same would be true in a band. You, yeah. you get so tight that you can, you know what each other's thinking, you're, you're collaborating, you're working well together. That's, that's how this thing's supposed to look. It's like having an instrument, you get your strings tuned so that they sound great together. Yeah. That's, I think that's what the Holy Father is looking for and desiring. And then I think if you, so if you start with that, then the process makes a lot more sense. If you simply think in terms of power and politics, you're going to drive yourself nuts and say, we got to grasp the power. I want these people there. and I want those people there so we can get what we want. But then it becomes me rather than the Holy Spirit. Right. I want the Holy Spirit to run this thing, you know? Yeah. In some ways, the opposite of, of what you just said in that last piece about, oh, I got to grab these people, make sure we get the votes, yeah, right? Or yeah. something like that. The opposite's actually what I've found takes place is that you've actually heard from someone that you disagree with. And now you have a face to that opinion, if mm-hmm. you if you even want to say, and and so you're more apt to kind of back up a little bit and say, well, wait a minute, you know, th- this is a person who I know, and we we disagree on this. Okay, so we disagree on this. Let's talk a little bit more. Let's figure out how he got to where he is, mm-hmm. and he can be charitable enough to me to hear how I got where I got, mm-hmm. and we may never agree on it, right? But we can be church together and do something together now, even though we disagree. And I think that goes to, like, the way, like, this is different is that they're in small groups and they're going through a process and there's time for reflection and prayer instead of just everyone going in and then just a big vote at the end. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a collection of responses. Collection of prayer in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. You know, probably not even in some ways, probably in all ways, because they've all sat and prayed about this for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting, if nothing else, right? Mm -hmm. Well. You, we've all been on retreats, whether yeah. it's like a marriage encounter, young adult retreat, tech retreat. In some ways, it is a retreat model, right? So you have maybe someone talk, and then they, they leave you with a – they play a song, like, listen to this song. And they, Here's a question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just – I know that I, all analogies limp, but then you get together and you hear what's going on at the yeah. table, how the spirit's moving just after this. And then you So, so it's – I think that way of thinking about it, people would say, I, I actually do kind of like that, you know. Um, yeah. that, I, think, I think if you experience it, you understand it a, a little bit more. So. I think you're right, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think when, when I had an experience of the Synod and saw how it works, I was like, oh, that's how this is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I get it. And maybe I just didn't get it when mm-hmm. I first just like, looked at it on paper. I was like, okay, so wait, we're going we're gonna to bring people together and they're going to talk about this and then they're going to wait and then they're going to have to respond to each other. Oh boy, that's going to be a nightmare. You know, I mean, you all you right. run all well, that through your head. You know, when when we were handed the synod for the diocese, Lynette looked at it, and in about two minutes, she goes, "This is Encuentro. The Hispanic community yeah. has been doing this for a long time. That you gather together, you pray, you break out. So that is the synodal model, and the Hispanic community has been on this for some time. So yeah, yeah." Yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, and Pope Francis, you know, was in Argentina for right. years, you know, right. in the southern hemisphere of our, right. you know, I've been doing a lot of these things. So so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our ears to the ground on the Synod. It's not till October, but I'm sure they'll be talking, there'll be a lot of talking about it between now and then. So we'll we'll kind of keep you informed as we go. And I think and it's, it's only the first one. Yeah. Correct. They'll come back in 24. And right. it's really important for us to pray for 
the synod, yeah, that right? the spirit moves and that the devil stays out and um, that those who are participating are truly open to the, the, the movings and the promptings of the spirit. I mean, that that is a participation in the synodal process, even if we're not over in there in Rome. Our, our, our prayers are really important for this yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. In in a way, in our in our office, uh, as we sort of transition here into our new feature, um, which we'll just call Softball Central. Um, so you know, we talked about you know we we've seen like a bunch of things going on in, the, in in young adult ministry where you know people won't generally invite their friends to church, or if they invite them to church, they're not apt to go and to accept that invitation. But they might. Go to the bar with them, you know, and, and have a beer. So we've been doing Theology on Tap, which is, you know, a 40-year-old program. It still works. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And um, then a bunch of folks got together with me, and they said, hey, you know, we've seen some results in doing sports together. You know, do you think maybe we could set up a diocesan softball league? And I was like, yeah, I'm all about that. Let's do that, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've done it. So last week was the first week. So here we go. We're going to do a little recap. Let's see if Mike still has his sports casting chops from back in the day. Okay. So. WDOC. That's probably a station. It would be <laughs> Dices of Cleveland. But if it wasn't, we'd take it. I'll lock out with that. That's good. Okay. Uh, okay. So here we go. Opening weekend at the Diocesan Softball League, and in the opener, Big League Chew got it going against catching Flamingos 11-4 behind the hard-hitting of Joe Vicario, who went 2-3 for three with a huge home run and four RBIs. Michael John Riddell, two hits for the Flamingos. Game 2, a tight matchup between the Chosen Ones, who just got past the Lakesiders 8-7. to seven. The Pesta guys, Wally and Joe, along with Ben Pollock, all had two hits. Chosen Ones took the lead in the top of the sixth on a huge error that allowed three runs to score. That dealt pitcher Anthony Mancini with the tough luck loss. Chosen one struck out the side after a short threat by the Lakesiders in the bottom of the sixth. Game three featured powerhouse hitting. The St. Vitus Lions smacked the ball all afternoon long, beating the Westside Whitecaps 14-5 in an abbreviated five-inning game. 16 hits for the Lions. Sean Armin with the big blow, a home run, and three RBIs. Tyler Meter, three RBIs for the Whitecaps. And heading south, our two Akron-based teams faced off the nightcap. Indeed, a squeaker, but the odds-on favorites to win the league, the Southside Sabres, just got past Ite Project 10-9. Phil Wancata with a blast, and that oh. one going 3-for-3, three, three, three RBIs. Maria Wancata set the stage with two hits as well. Danny Smith knocked in 3 for it. Ite. So big league chew, chosen ones, the St. Vitus Lions, and the Southside Sabres, all winners this week. Next week, starting at 1245, Big League Chew takes on the Ite Project at 215. Catching Flamingos will take on your Southside Sabres. The Westside Whitecaps take on the Lakesiders at 345 and at 515 in the nightcap. Chosen Ones takes on the hard-hitting St. Vitus Lions. I'm Mike Hayes. This is WDOC Sports. <laughs> <laughs> I still got it, sort of. That was good, Mike. <laughs> so what? Anyways, I we do have to get one of these soundboards where we can play music. That's pretty funny. Uh, we'll have to bring that to the game next week. Do like a fourth inning stretch there in our sixth inning game. A big megaphone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, Maria, you, know, you played in the league um, this week. I was the official scorer, and I umpired one game. Um, what do you think, just from, from your perspective, it of was, what happened? It was great. It was so good. Well, I haven't played in two summers just because life, kids, yeah, right. running them around. Couldn't do it on Friday nights anymore. So when I saw when you posted this, and I was like, can I play? 
and uh, it was so good to be playing. And um, you could see, like, everyone loosening up, getting into it, and um, I, with our game, it was a total team effort. Like, uh, it's a game that you can't you can't do on your own. You need your whole the whole team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's been good. And the, not everybody has been who's playing is you know, so you know Joe Catholic, right? You know, or or, the, or even part of a young adult group. You know, then one team has like the they go to a bar after their young adult ministry meetings, and they they ask the bartender who they become friendly with if he wants to play in their team, and now they're yeah. talking to him about you know joining the young adult group. You yeah. know, so it's a- been fun. Any opportunity where we can take the church out to people we have to do and this is a great way to do it you know people may not like catholicism or even know who jesus is but they like softball so come on play on a team and you know see what happens yeah and logan feldkamp from uh, st chris's who's the coach of the west side whitecaps he um he put a good deal of the league rules together and then we sort of amended them as we went and you know just me him and uh john varis who's on chosen ones we we kind of put this all together and then um we presented it to the other captains we're like okay now let's sit back and watch them fight right nothing hmm. and i was like you sure <laughs> you know like you're okay with all the league rules and they're like yeah this is great you guys did a whole lot of work right thanks the uniforms are great yeah right, right? do you like your uniforms i or? do i like the little sticker that came with it it's on my water bottle nice we haven't talked about this yet, and maybe we'll edit this if you don't like this idea, but at the end of the season, have you thought about bringing all the teams together maybe for a mass and a, a barbecue or something? Yeah, I think we're definitely going to do that. We're, and I know we're talking about the the All-Star game that will yeah, be in Ashland, Ashland at yeah. the end of the year. And so, yeah, and I know that um, there's the possibility of a sponsor who wants to kind of do the food for, like, the last game. So we might... We might even think about you know doing a mass either before or after. At the well, um, where the, the fields in Seven Hills over there. Yeah, Meyer okay. Fields. Yeah, Column Kill. So we'd have to get permission from Father Suso. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because exactly. it's in his territory. I think. Yeah, and Catching Fire is you know one of the young adult groups um, that's very active in this. Um, they have, they actually have two teams and. Um, they meet. They usually have to do the early game because their regular meeting is on Sunday night at six thirty. So they usually do the early games so this they can get to their meeting, go home, take oh, a shower, see, and then get to their okay. meeting. So, um, so it's great. So we're off to a good start, if nothing else. It's great, and so it's fun. So St. Columkill can serve as our church search this week, which is in Parma, and mm-hmm. uh, they have you know Catching Fire is their young adult group that meets at six thirty every Sunday. And uh, Joe Vicario, who I mentioned, hit a home run. He's been he's the founder of uh, of that. Um, and so check them out. That would be great. And then uh, our readings for this week, uh, I'm going to look at the second reading this week with uh, from Romans. Uh, Brothers and sisters, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. I always like that. That's read at a lot of funerals, I notice. Um, and I was like, you know, we too might live in newness of life. Might live in newness of life if we, you know, we have to have to pay attention. But if we, if we were baptized into death with with, um, with Jesus, we will live a new life as well. Love it. Uh, ran into Father Mark Ott this morning. Mm-hmm. He's working with the Tolle Lege kids. He had mass with them this morning, and he asked me. Uh, do you think wh- who is Flannery O'Connor's favorite evangelist, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? And I said, I don't know, but her, her second 
novel is named after Matthew eleven twelve, uh, the violent bear away. And so this weekend's gospel from Matthew, and he, and he asked about Matthew because he thinks Flannery is um, likes Jesus of Matthew because he's he's the toughest one. Mm. Comes across with some pretty strong sayings more than the other gospels. Uh, but whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And at first that sounds very harsh because I'm supposed to love my mom and dad. I'm supposed to love my son or daughter. What Jesus is getting at here is you can't love your your parents well, your children well, your spouse well, anyone well, unless you love me first. And then you're loving them with my love. Mm. And and so that's the point of this. It's not that Jesus is against family but he's trying to get us to understand that we we find ourselves most loving our family when we are part of God's family, the, the so the triune God, when we're in relationship with God, then we're able to love like God loves and not demand yeah. other people fill up our need for God with themselves because no one can do that. Only God can do that. So yeah, I, right. I like that. And the love within the family is the reflection of the Trinity, how the the love proceeds from the Father and the Son through the Holy Spirit. So it's the Trinitarian love. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you can't love unless you are loved, right? Correct. So if you don't realize that you're loved by God, then you can't really give that love out to anybody else. So it all comes around, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's and within so, our very nature that we're loved. Yeah. yeah, and go back to your second reading. You know, it's that dying to self and rising that yeah. you're able to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, we covered a lot of ground today, everybody. <laughs> we did. So... This has been great, so we'll we'll keep doing our little softball recap. Come in out and watch us. You know, it'll be great. You know, we're at a, at Meyer Field. At uh, we usually start around uh, you know twelve thirty or so. We usually gather, and uh, it runs all day. I mean, I got I got sunburn this week, so <laughs> I, got, I got I got to watch. You know, I mm-hmm. put some extra sunscreen on. Um, but yeah, it was hot this week. So, uh, but come on out. I know the Ute Project brought a whole bunch of people out for their game. So coming out, it's a good time. Uh, we'll enjoy each other's presence and uh, watch some, some halfway decent softball as well. So we'll have that and a whole lot more next time on Question of